So, John, if the machines were to take over, mm-hmm. which machine would kill you first? In this flat? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I do have, as you know, quite a sinister-looking Shatsu massage chair. <laughs> <laughs> and as much as I enjoy it more than anyone else, I do think if, you know, if the machines were to become sentient, I could imagine many ways in which that could, that could kill me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at least I would die getting a really good deep massage, so. I don't feel like a massage that kills you is a good massage. Well, not necessarily. Maybe you're just not the right kind of massage. Welcome, everybody, to Beyond the Box Set, the podcast where we put prequels, sequels, and spin-offs to films that don't have any. I'm Harry, and joining me, as always, is John. Hello. And today is another episode in our Stephen King season, films based off Stephen King novels, or in this case, directed by Stephen King. This is both, both the, written the, and the directed. One, the one and only. Indeed, yes. There, there were, <laughs> Stephen King's first ever t- attempt at directing one of his own stories, mm-hmm. there was no second attempt. No. <laughs> Uh, so maximum overdrive. Yeah, this was a uh, it was a listener choice, wasn't it? it we was. kind of put this to a vote, didn't we? Yeah. So when I first announced uh, on on our social media channels that we were going to do a Stephen King series, I kind of tweeted out the, you know, what uh, there's so many Stephen King related films. Which ones would you like to, us to do? And you know, mm. we've got a lot of the Shawshank, we've got a lot of Stand by Me, we've got a lot of The Shining, which we've done. But yeah, what by far the most requested was a film called Maximum Overdrive, mm-hmm. a film about which I knew. Practically nothing. Same, yeah. <laughs> nothing at all. But people who like this film really like this film. Or mm-hmm. people who enjoy this film, I would say, mm. really enjoy this film. Yeah. And uh, they were quite keen to hear our thoughts on it, so... Yeah. This film's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, this film is cocaine the movie. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen King has admitted that he, he directed this mm-hmm. at the height of his uh, cocaine addiction. Right, okay. And... Uh, he has admitted that he was so coked out of his eyeballs when he was directing this film that he has practically no memory of directing it. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And when people ask him <clears throat> why he's never directed a second film after Maximum Overdrive, he apparently just says, watch Maximum Overdrive. <laughs> so at least he owns it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't think it's a bad film. I, I, I thought you might like this somehow. Yeah. <laughs> it's, di- it's different. You know? Yeah. So, well, I mean, what, what, did you, what did you think? How did you respond to it? Uh, I thought it was hilarious, and it really kept my attention. I, you know, when a Stephen King film starts, I'm always trying to work out what the thing is, <laughs> yeah. what's, what's what's going on, what's, what's going to happen. Here? Yeah. What's the hook? Yeah, yeah. And like I see, like the it starts off, it starts off slowly. Mm-hmm. Like the first thing, well, no, firstly, it starts off with a bit of text. A lot of text. A lot of text. A lot of very specific details. <laughs> I loved how specific it was. In horrible. I think this is in the first red flag that there was some, you know, there was some some cocaine in the room when this was being written because it's not even a scroll. Mm. If it was like a Star Wars style scroll, you could mm-hmm. kind of maybe follow it, but you just get blasted with like an entire screen full of yellow, horribly fonted text. Mm-hmm. Have you got the film handy? Because um, I could read it out. Yeah, read it out. Read it out. Yeah, so it says, on June 19th, 1987, at 9.47am Eastern Standard Time. <laughs> Already <laughs> way too much detail. Why do we need to know that it's Eastern Standard Time? No. 
the Earth passed into the extraordinarily diffuse tail of the Rhea M, a rogue comet. According to astronomical calculations, the planet would remain in the tail of the comet for the next 8 days, 5 hours, 29 minutes, and 23 seconds. <laughs> None of this is relevant. None of that ever comes up again. I, I guess, no, I guess it does slightly. The, the, you know, that, that's, I guess... I mean, I had questions about what was causing all this, but I... I guess that what we need to take away from that is that this is going to last for eight days. Yeah, well, like, someone later on refers to it as, like, a week. Yeah. Like, great, that's fine. Yeah, (laughs) we don't need to know it down to the second. There's no no ticking clock in this movie. No, no. That could have been, like, a single sentence. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like, it immediately throws you off, because I'm like, oh, God, that's so much text. I need to read it really quickly and take it all in before it goes. And And then it lasts for ages as well. It does last for ages, but it's still a lot of, like, specific detail to take in. Yeah. None of which particularly matters so but then like so i'm trying to work out what it is and it starts off slowly it starts off with just this guy walking up to a bank Mm -hmm. and a sign above the bank is just saying fuck you fuck you (laughs) so you said it started slowly but it pretty much drops you straight into the action there's no no setup particularly yeah but like at that point i was like okay so it's like a disgruntled bank employee um they're saying like you know i hate my job and you know fuck you janet Mm -hmm. um who's janet yeah, and then the ATM saying, like, you're an asshole, you're an asshole, you're an yeah. asshole. And I, <laughs> what is this? What is going on? And yeah, I didn't really know. It also said music by ACDC, which was great. And then I think they got a cameo like, right early on. Well, they're Vandals. I don't know if they're actually in it. But, okay, yeah, cool. The, the ACDC I, van cameo is... I mean, I'll say this. Great soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The, the film was a huge bomb. The soundtrack sold five million copies. So Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who made who? <laughs> great. Like, is that an album that they released? Yeah, they, they released it's, a, it's, a, it's a good title for an album as well. Yeah, that was the title. They released an album called Who Made Who, the soundtrack to Maximum Overdrive, I mm. think. Yeah. Mm, very good. Mm. It's, so then the first, the next scene is uh, this bridge um, that can... Uh, <laughs> up, you know, one of those bridges that can just go up and down to let boats underneath. Yeah, um, I don't know what they're called. Yeah, they, they, they open in the middle, don't they? Yeah. yeah. Mechanical bridge. And uh, yeah, so then it just does it by itself. Mm-hmm. Because the two operators aren't really paying attention to playing cards. I mean, fair enough. Yeah, it can't be the most interesting it's, just, job, it's, yeah. it's, it's not a thing that you'd expect to happen. Mm. This film is a real cautionary tale against, like, automation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Never take your eye off the ball. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, the bridge goes up and it's... I was wondering where it was going to go. If it was going to be, like, a scene from Final Destination or something. It did have that vibe. Yeah. yeah. But no, not quite. I mean, people do fall into the water and get crushed by cars and stuff. And I was also wondering... <laughs> Because, you know, when you don't know a film straight away, like, is this a film where people are going to die? Is it going to be gory? What's going to happen here? And there's a lot of, in this scene, there's a lot of, there was definitely somebody still in that car when yeah. that car got crushed. Oh, my God. Mm. But then but then there's other bits of, like, a woman screaming in terror because there's a melon falling towards <laughs> yeah, her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It felt like everyone... Like a, like a, a man just jumps out of his jumps out of his car. He's wearing all white, and the first thing he does, he slips over very comically and lands in crushed melon. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of this just writhing around in melon. You know? Yeah, <laughs> it's a bizarre detail. But this whole sequence was—it felt like everybody who was dying wasn't making any effort to save themselves. Yeah, like because the bridge opens incredibly slowly because mm-hmm. it's a, it's a slow, heavy machine, mm-hmm. and then you see the cars like very slowly like start to roll down. Mm-hmm. And it's like just just get out. Get to a stable place. Mm-hmm. Like the guy who slides down the bridge on his bum and just falls into the. It's yeah. like he doesn't even try and catch himself. Like, <laughs> no, he doesn't he's just like, whoa! <laughs> <laughs> it's like they're yeah. all lemmings. Yeah. You know that game, Lemmings from the 90s? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Yes, then, well, from there, the film is... It's, it, it's two things, really. It's largely, here's a new scene, here's a new scene, here's a new scene. Each one introduces new characters in new so situations. characters. And new ways of dying and mm. stuff like that. And then the other half of the film is centred around a, a a group of quite uninteresting characters, um, all in a trucker stop. Mm-hmm. Where do you want to go first? I don't know. I mean, who's your favourite character? Um, I think my favourite character was... Uh, is her name Yardley Smith? Yardley Smith. Yeah, yeah. She was your favourite because she was the most ridiculous. Holy shit, she was awful. <laughs> I mean, you know who that was, right? Yeah, yeah. the voice of Lisa Simpson. Yeah. I mean, you could just hear it; like it's clearly the voice of Lisa Simpson. Yeah, I was. Well, I wasn't sure. I recognised the name from as a Simpsons voice actor. I didn't remember which one it was. I mean, just close your eyes. <clears throat> um, and then one of the characters earlier on, another woman. Because I knew it was either Bart or Lisa. I yeah. know they're both voiced by women. Yeah. And then another woman actually says, "Eat my shorts." I know. And right? I, I, was, I was like, I, I was like, was, wait, was that her? Because Yardley Smith hadn't been in the film at that point. And I was like, yeah. is that is that what she looks like? Is that her? I had to look it up. And it, it wasn't was not her. No. Was, so what, you already knew that someone from The Simpsons was in the film before that. I knew that. It, well, Yardley Smith. It, it, it came up in the credits at the start. Oh, I see. Oh, and I, I, see, and, and I recognized. Oh, that's either the voice of Bart or Lisa. Okay, I see what you mean. Okay, yeah. sure. Wow, I'm surprised she was your favorite. She was insufferable. <laughs> she was so annoying. <laughs> So shrill. Like, mm-hmm. The amount of screaming. Oh, my yeah. God. I was waiting for her to die. Yeah. Very disappointing that it didn't happen. Mm-hmm. I, it's funny that I always, um, before we do one of these episodes, I like to look at the IMDb trivia page, mm-hmm. you know, just for little tidbits about these films. And in this one, my favourite one, it made me laugh out loud just scrolling through all the, all the trivia. Mm. It just literally said, Yardley Smith is greatly embarrassed by this film. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That was not surprised. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so she plays one half of a newly married couple mm-hmm. who are like on the road. They've literally just got married. I guess they're driving to their honeymoon. Yeah, in this weirdly small town. In this t- tiny little town. God knows where they were heading. Yeah. I mean, it felt like a shotgun wedding. It definitely felt mm-hmm. like a... I mean, she looked about 14. <laughs> it really... It, it read uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. Like, she seemed super young. Yeah. And her constant screaming did not help in that regard. No. But... Yeah. yeah, she was she was doing a lot. I mean, everyone was doing... Well, most people were doing a lot. Mm-hmm. I felt like there were two kinds of performances from the actors in this film. Either you were at 11 mm-hmm. or you were at 2. Yeah, that's right. Like yeah. Yardley Smith and The Waitress, who we'll get to. We'll, get yeah. to. we'll, talk, <laughs> we'll talk about The Waitress. We were at 11. Mm-hmm. Emilio Estevez was like about 2 or a 3. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, there wasn't any middle ground. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. When we get to that truck stop, everything will be all right. Oh, yes. <laughs> what are you doing? You see that gap? The next time it comes around, I'm going to shoot right through it. No, you don't! They'll bang up on us and squash us! I can do it! Oh, so we can be inside where they are? What do you think is going to happen to us if we stay out here? So we, I guess the, to give a very brief plot summary, this part of the film takes the majority of the film takes place in a truck stop in mm. I don't know Nowheresville, America. Yeah, in, in a in a small town in Central yeah. America, same as all Stephen yeah. King films. This well, yes, but also this film felt weirdly. I don't know, maybe I'm reading something. It felt re- quite snobby to me. In what way? In the sense that all the other films have like Stand by Me is a small town film, and it's like celebrate. It's, it's not celebrating, but it's like it has a lot of affection for the characters. Like, mm-hmm. but they're more like midwestern. Mm-hmm. These characters were all like white trash, and it felt like 
it felt like there were no likable characters. No, there were. And it weren't. felt like you weren't even weren't. trying to make them. It felt like all of these characters were just being depicted as just like inbred hicks. Basically, yeah. the only person I was sort of rooting for was the boy. Mm-hmm. Um, the little boy was the hero of the film. Yeah, just because like he didn't do a thing wrong. He no. was he was likable, mm-hmm. and he was young as well. He was absolutely the smartest person in this movie. And like far. he was the only person who showed any emotion as well. Yeah, like his dad died. He got a bit, not as emotional as. A boy that age should, no. uh, or would, but uh, you know he got a bit emotional about it. He had a little cry. Nobody then... else ever cared about anything. No, 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 no. Everyone just seemed at best mildly pissed off when people died. Yeah, yeah. The little boy had a little cry over his dead dad, and then the next scene he's just like sadly blowing bubbles. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's how he dealt with it. But yeah, mm-hmm. no, he was my favorite character too. But the film is set in this in this truck stop in Hicksville, America, and all the characters are real like Hicks and white trashy kind of. They they speak in this kind of almost incomprehensible southern drawl that I really found hard to understand. Especially, mm-hmm. like, the, the guy who's constantly got a cigar in his mouth. Mm-hmm. Like, who calls everyone Bubba? <laughs> there was there was some kind of thing where Emilio Estevez is an ex-con who's now working in a... Mm-hmm. Um, working in this truck stop. Mm-hmm. And the owner is forcing him to work longer hours than he's being paid for. Mm-hmm. And if he doesn't do he'll it... Fire, he'll fire him. He'll, fi- he'll, he'll fire him and then he'll tell him he's broken his probation or something and he'll mm-hmm. go back to jail. There's yeah. some whole... Scheme, none of yeah. which matters to the plot. Basically. No, it's basically just letting you know what. Right, early on, the boss is a dickhead. Yeah, and it seems like everyone who's employed there is an ex-con. It seems to be because yeah. they've all got that star on the. Mm. So is the waitress also an ex-con? I guess so. Yeah, I want, I want her backstory. Yeah, but the waitress. So the waitress also works there, and she is great. She, <laughs> um, so very early on, she gets attacked by a um, an electric knife. An electric knife. Yeah. <laughs> Which, she, Which she, I was wondering why they would have one there at, at a diner. Like, it doesn't feel like the sort of thing you'd have at a diner. Yeah, there was no... It was just like, is, is, Isn't that a sort of thing you use to, like, cut a turkey or something? It's like for kebab shops. You know when they've got like, the big kebab meat skills? Oh, yeah, 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 like, yeah. You'll cut off a giant slice mm. of meat. She was just sat there, like, frying eggs. There was mm. nothing that needed that kind of blade. No. It was just bacon and eggs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't know what that was for. But, yeah, that comes to life and slices, nearly slices her hand off. Mm-hmm. It definitely has a Final Destination vibe. Yeah. It really does, like, because the... The machines never develop a personality. No. Like, the, the truck has a face, I guess. Mm-hmm. The, the goblin truck. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it doesn't talk. Mm. And you never really get a sense of what's going on. But yeah, she, over the course of the film, just does not respond well to the machine uprising that goes on. Mm-hmm. And the best part of the film, I think, is definitely her meltdown when she... Um, <laughs> out of nowhere. What, what, her death scene? Well, she does it twice. The first mm-hmm. one's better, I think, just in mm-hmm. terms of the physicality. But she just runs outside and screams, We made you! Yeah. We made you! <laughs> yeah. She went from zero to 60 so fast, and I was very much pleased with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the whole goddamn world's going tits up. They can't. Now look, honey, you've gone and hurt yourself. Now come on, sweet thing. Don't you sweet thing me! No wonder you, baby. Just They can't! We made them. You can! We made you! When it did come to her death scene, because she ran out screaming, we made you, and she had a gun and stuff, the way that she grabbed the weapon and ran outside, I, th- I thought, like, oh, I just realised at this point, all the men have been absolute dickheads, and they've all got themselves killed and put people in danger and stuff. It's going to be, like, 
a woman's going to come and sort everything out. Yeah. And then, no, not even slightly. No, absolutely not. <laughs> she commits suicide for no reason. Yeah. She picks up the bazooka, doesn't really use it. No. And when she gets shot, it, she accidentally fires it and blows up a truck. But mm. yeah, she, she doesn't do anything constructive. No. So, nevertheless, I loved her. Mm-hmm. With that big bow in her hair that never came out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Was she sleeping <clears throat> in that? Oh, I guess. The so, action yes. of this film takes place over like three days mm-hmm. and like... Everyone, the other woman has like four or five costume changes. Mm. She's the only one. Everyone else stays in the same clothes. Yeah. But well, she, probably, she probably changes costume after each time she sleeps with what's his face. With Emily Rest. Oh yeah, because <laughs> it's weird. They meet in like and very quickly just have a lot of sex and are in an active relationship. It felt like their plotline was like a weird softcore porn. Yeah, it was like just plonked in the middle of this otherwise non-sexual yeah. film. It was very strange because the dialogue, like, well, there was no dialogue. The dialogue was terrible. But they meet and it's just instantly like, oh hey hero. Mm-hmm. Like the dialogue was very porny, like very stupid, and mm-hmm. like, and then the background, the background music was. It was the only time they weren't using ACDC. Mm-hmm. Like most of the soundtrack is just like heavy metal guitars. All their scenes are just like, pow, 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 pow. <laughs> you know, it's like classic cheesy porn music. Mm-hmm. It's strange. Yeah, it's very strange. I like how um, in the morning after they had sex, the boy just runs into their room. He doesn't hesitate at all or like bat an eyelid with the fact that these two people are just naked together. Yeah. Like he's clearly... He's got bigger things to be concerned about. True, yeah. His dad's just died. What does he care if someone's fucking in the back room? Well, yeah. But he's like 12. Is that a thing that he's aware of massively? Or that that aware of? He seemed fairly worldly wise. Okay. Um, Yeah, and so other than the trucker bit... There's just various different scenes of what's well, largely the boy cycling through town. Mm. Like, starts off, he's at a baseball game. Um, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> Sorry, I was, just, I was just remembering the crotch shot. And this, it it and, did make me laugh. It and this is laugh. where it all starts, starts happening. Um, and, like, the coach goes, like, it's, they're finished or they're in break or something. I don't know. The they're co- playing baseball, yeah. yeah. The coach, goes up, the coach goes, goes up to a vending machine and puts some money in, and the vending machine spits out a can of soda straight into his balls really hard. Mm-hmm. And, and it, like, takes him down to his knees. It's like that Hans Mormon thing in The Simpsons, like, man gets hit by yeah. with ball. It's like, yeah. his reaction's just like, ooh! It's like, pure physical comedy. Yeah. And so then he's he's kneeling down, he's then, at fa- no, he gets hit in the chest with one of them as well. Yeah. At which point I'm just like, just roll to the side. <laughs> just roll to the side Well, there fine. are many occasions in this film when people could easily have escaped from the <laughs> thing that kills them. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and so then he's at face height and another one comes and just hits him straight in the face mm. and knocks him backwards. And then it just starts firing these cans at, at everybody. It kills it's, at least two children. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, he gets a proper... It, it shatters his skull. Like He gets yeah. hit like full force in the skull and you see like the shape of the can imprinted mm. on his skull, and it's clearly killed him. Mm. Like, he's dead. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so then there's just, like, two boys, one of them's a main character, yeah. two boys left, uh, one of them's riding a bike, crashes for no reason whatsoever, right over bike, his handlebars. Well, is the bike one of the machines? No, because it's not got any electronics with it. No, that's what I thought, but it seems like the bike throws him off. I think I it was, was just a natural crash. Like, that was just a natural accident. Yeah. Was just, he was panicking, he rode the wrong way, and he flung himself off his bike. Yeah. Fine, yeah. And then he just sort of lies on the grass for a bit, basically sunbathing, uh, while a steamroller just crashes in and takes a long time to get to him, let's be honest. Yeah, okay, exactly. And at no point can you see, like, the kid's got a broken leg or something. No, he just fell off his bike. You get up easily. Yeah. Oh, he fell off his bike onto grass. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. he's not hurt. Like, no. <laughs> um, but no, a steamroller comes and... Uh, Rolls over him from feet first yeah. up to his face, which is probably the worst way to go because you'd feel all of that. Yeah, I, I mean, it, I find it very impressive that in this 
movie, a child is crushed by a steamroller in the first 15 minutes. Yeah. Like that's, that sets the bar. Mm-hmm. And there was actually a scene that I read, read up, there was a scene that was cut from this film where the way they filmed it, the kid's head explodes. <laughs> and the, the censors were like, no, we're not having like a 12 year old kid's head explode in this movie. That is yeah. not happening. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it really went there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then that's that all the deaths that you see that aren't just people getting shot or run over or hit by cars. Well, the kid... And, the, and, main... and, and then you find lots of people that have died in other ways. Yeah. Well, our, our main kid, our, our heroic kid, I mm. forgot his name, was it Billy or something? I don't know. Something generic. He tries to rescue the coach he puts on the baseball cap and, mm. like, you know, but the coach is beyond saving. Mm. And then he rides his bike through town and we have this montage of how the machines have killed multiple people, which I found... What was your favourite... I mean, the dog. <laughs> Which was, oh, the dog. The oh, dog my God. The dog that had the little remote control car and obviously just, like, blasted into its mouth. Mm. Oh, that was harsh. <laughs> that was harsh, but I laughed. I liked the hairdryer. The hairdryer. What do you the, think happened? I think that woman got strangled by a hairdryer. Do you think the hairdryer strangled her? Yeah. Okay. But how, does that, how did a hairdryer move of its own volition? I don't know. Because, like, the cars, fair enough, the, the cars, if we accept that the cars can control themselves, mm-hmm. sure, they can... Drive around, mm. you know, but it seemed like the cars were acting like cars. It's not like yeah. they were flying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How is that? How is a hairdryer which has no means of moving of its own control? Well, maybe it uh, put itself onto full blow, and <laughs> so it like fell off the desk or something, swung round, and you know, maybe at the time she was bending down to pick something up and just swung round her neck like that, or while also leaning out the window, <laughs> while also lean, and and then she like ran to the window to get away from it or something, and just then passed out there. Maybe. Okay, I have no further questions. I don't know. <laughs> If it was a Final Destination film, you'd have seen all that happen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was disappointed we didn't see that. But yeah, um, I also liked the the, uh, the woman who just got stuck in the car window. <laughs> <laughs> I had questions. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I also I enjoyed the sprinklers. I don't know if they killed anyone. No. But I really felt like they had the most personality because mm-hmm. the boy's riding through the town. He's looking at like just this montage of death, and then. The, the spr- from behind him, the sprinklers kind of turn on, mm. and then he turns around and they turn off again. Yeah. <laughs> and then it's like they're just like, well, I'm gonna get you. <laughs> yeah. How are the lovebirds? Heart rate is slowing down a little, I think. That's good. Mother's helper. A girl hitching her way down to Florida needs some protection. <laughs> yeah? That's what you're doing? Yeah. That's what I was doing before every machine in the world went into maximum overdrive. Yeah, and I guess the standout character on, on that side is the, the, the goblin truck. Well, yes. Which is kind of there from start till finish. So, I actually watched this film twice. Mm-hmm. Because, I don't know, that's just what I do sometimes. Just so I can, like... So I watched it the first time a couple of days ago, and I was just like, wow, this is crazy. And then I watched it a second time, and I realised that I assumed the first time that the goblin truck belonged to Emilio Estevez, because mm-hmm. he's like the main character. Mm. But it doesn't. It belongs to the black guy, yeah. who does nothing. Yeah. Like, he rolls up in the monster truck, and then he literally doesn't do anything for the rest of the whole film. Mm. Yeah. It was, it was a weird choice, because Emilio Estevez had no relationship with that truck. Mm. It was like, I don't know, it just puzzled me. It was like... What is it? Because it's such an interesting design. Like the design is great. It's like a toy truck mm. uh, with a giant goblin's face placed. I've never seen anything like it in real no, life. No, me neither. But sure. And it's got the glowing red eyes. Mm-hmm. Do you reckon that's like the leader? Uh, maybe. Because this is my question. What know. do you think that the machines wanted? To kill all humans. Was that their goal? Just to kill everyone? Yeah. 
so that as well revealed in the final text tell you what let me just get the final text up and read read that Mm -hmm. two days after large ufo was destroyed in space by a russian weather satellite i love that weather satellite was in like inverted commas which happened to be equipped with a laser cannon and a class 4 nuclear missile Approximately six days later, the Earth passed beyond the tail of 3am, exactly as predicted. So, yeah, it's a whole different plot right there of, like, it was aliens! Yeah, or was it Russians? No, it was aliens, but Russians saved the day. The Russians saved us? Mm. Okay. The Russians saved humanity. Okay. Well, I mean, presumably they were having issues as well. Sure, okay, sure, yeah, okay. Um... (laughs) What does it all mean, though? Nothing, John. It it means cocaine, that's funny. It it means cocaine, sure, I get that, but, like... I was just trying... I, I couldn't figure out what the Aliens Endgame was. Mm. It just seemed like they were really, like, mischievous. They just wanted to conquer Earth. Did they, though? They didn't succeed, I guess. I guess not, but... Like, for example, at the opening with the ACR, it's just like it's like the hurling insults at people. Yeah. Like, it just seemed like they were being, like, mischievous and murderous at the same time. Well, maybe the ATM couldn't physically kill anybody. So it's no, like, no, I'll do my worst. I'll just make him feel bad for the rest of the day. Yeah. Honey, come on over here, sugar buns. This machine just called me an asshole. Yeah, so well, what else did I talk about? Oh, so much. We've not even scratched the surface. So, Emilio Estevez is, I guess, our main character. Mm-hmm. He's this ex-con, this blonde, blue-eyed guy working in this disgusting diner scraping oh, the most disgusting looking eggs and bacon I've ever seen in my oh, life. Oh yeah. Really gross. Yeah. yeah, so when the machines when the trucks take over, he hooks up with this girl mm-hmm. who I was really confused because she has so many costume changes I forgot who she was. So we have a scene where she's the girl is hitchhiking with a Bible salesman who keeps feeling her up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And she's wearing this like Annie Hall hat and she she looks quite cool. And then as soon as she... Are there just two women in this? I think it's just her and Yardley Smith. And the, there's three. Oh, the waitress. There's Yardley Smith, the waitress, and there's this girl. Yeah. So she... Sex lady. Sex lady, yeah. yeah. Yeah, let's call her sex lady. Well, the film called her the road twitch. And that's what I wanted to... Uh, they're right. like, what is a road twitch? Because the... Maybe it's just slang for a hit tracker. Maybe, but what does it mean? Road twitch? I do not know. Okay. Or maybe twitch is a bit more of a derogatory term. Mm. As in just like, it's a single woman on the road who you can just pick up and, you know... Yeah, well... Have, have your way with. Apparently so. <laughs> I was confused. I can Google um, it for you. Please. I mean, if Urban Dictionary has an, has an answer for what a road twitch is. What is a road twitch? Like, road witch. I, you know, I could get on board with it, but twitch? Urban Dictionary's first result. Great. So it, it's not saying what a road twitch is, but a twitch is used as a derogatory term for a slut, a tease, a general nuisance, someone who uses sex, or the promise of it, to get what she wants without regard for other people's feelings. Combination of twit and bitch, also referred to someone who walks in a suggestive twitchy manner. Okay. Okay. That little twitch stole my best friend's husband. <laughs> That's how you put it in a sentence. Okay. Okay, you know what? Fair enough. Sounds like a horrible word. It's, a, it's very derogatory. <laughs> I don't approve of it, but that makes sense. Great. Uh, I, feel, I feel better about that whole plot. <laughs> that being said, I did not care about their love story at no, all. No. At all. She keeps calling him a hero, like constantly. What does he do that's heroic? 
Later on in the film, he's one of the more courageous people to like. He's more active, like, than most. To, to like run out into the yard and do a few things and run away from trucks and stuff, when everybody else just sort of walks slowly and gets run over by them. Sure. And also, he's quite forward with like, "Oh, that guy is down in a the ditch there. Mm-hmm. I guess I'll crawl through the sewer and go and get him then, and, yeah. go, and go and save his life." Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, he's easily the most heroic person in the film. It's a, I think like it's a low but, bar. But she does say that before he does any of those. Before things. he does anything at all, yeah, yeah. he does nothing to. <laughs> demonstrate that he's a hero and she's just like hey Mr. Hero yeah why did he have to go through the sewer that whole plot line baffled me because he thought it was too dangerous to go above ground because that's where the lorries were just driving in circles but the guy was literally across the road no the lorries were driving between where he wasn't okay I understand that but it would literally just be running out about yeah two metres in front of lorries yes and it felt like it seemed like they ran across at least a portion of the road to get to the sewers in the first place I, I, yeah, it, just, it seemed like a long, it's like a real long walk. Yeah, not, not everything in this film made sense. No, it did not. No, like I mean, also they seemed to have a real hard time avoiding sixteen-wheeler trucks. Yeah, and I'm not a driver. I, you know, I don't spend a lot of time on the road. I feel like those things don't turn quickly. They're not the most reactive no, of vehicles. Yeah. No, their acceleration is not high. Not high, and I would imagine their ability to turn—they mm-hmm. can't like do a pinwheel turn. Surely, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Hence, how what's his face and Yearly Smith—they managed to outmaneuver one of them on a motorway. Like yes, but w- without too much trouble. Without too much trouble, but also again, so they're driving in their car, which mm. is apparently just immune to all of this. Y- yeah, <laughs> like is, are the cars just okay as long as someone's inside them? I, I don't know because like it that, seemed like no that, car that, ever... that, that woman was inside a car when the window closed on it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. The dead bodies would make you think that all the cars have been all over. Well, yeah, I, I don't know because like also the lorries then proper beat up that that car mm-hmm. and then like a digger drove over it and crushed yeah, it they really hated that car yeah. it was a traitor <laughs> <laughs> that car just was like yeah it was, was the greatest hero in this movie it was it was refusing to turn on its human overlords yeah <laughs> so yeah I don't know I don't know mm. but uh, yeah so they're driving and then there's a, a lorry chasing them mm-hmm. and it keeps like back ending them mm-hmm. like trying to knock them off the road basically and there's a point where like they swerve sideways and fall behind it mm. and I'm like just hit the brakes. Yeah. Just yeah. let it go ahead. But instead they keep pulling ahead and putting themselves in danger. Like, yeah. It's weird. Didn't yeah. understand it. Definitely. Like at that point, just you hit the brakes, turn around, drive the other way. Yes. Exactly. Do you know how long it takes Larry to turn around? Exactly. That was I think it's got 16 <laughs> wheels. Even I know. That takes a long time. Yeah. You can be halfway to Mexico by then. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> I was puzzled. But yeah, so it turns out that the, the boss man, mm-hmm. Mr. Cigar, has an entire arsenal of heavy-duty weaponry just hiding in the basement of his... Which, unfortunately, in America is not the most unusual thing. No, yeah, it's... it's, it's as far what, as we know. What, 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 what did he have that for, though? Apparently he was selling them. Oh, was that was so that what he, we he, found he, out in that weird exposition scene where it was all farts and poo noises? Yes. What was that? I, it, it was a scene in a toilet that I guess was supposed to be funny. Farts are funny. Yeah, it, it was... Not I, funny. I, I did not find it funny. <laughs> no. I found it quite disgusting. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they, he's got a bazooka. Mm-hmm. And so they do manage to blow up quite a lot of the lorries with those bazookas. Mm. But not all of them. No. It seemed like they really picked and chose when to use the bazookas. Yes. They could have ended the film a lot quicker. And it also feels like there's easier ways to take out lorries. Like mm. how difficult would it have been to just take a kitchen knife and just walk up beside a lorry... And just slash his tyres. They never think of that. No. 
Well, also, then we get to the end of the film, I guess, or the final act, and the lorries start running out of petrol, mm. which seems like, oh, great, you've got the upper hand. Yeah. And then they use Morse code, to, <laughs> which the kid conveniently understands, mm-hmm. uh, to demand more fuel. Mm-hmm. And the people are like, okay, sure. Mm-hmm. Like, not like, oh, hey, we've got, uh, we've got the upper hand here. Mm. They're just like, yeah, sure, we'll refuel you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, they are threatened at gunpoint. <laughs> they are threatened. How did that machine go and get onto no that idea, car? No idea. No idea. How how did that happen? It well it looked like some kind of an army vehicle. Okay. But why why there was just one army vehicle just, with a working gun hanging about, just driving around this Midwest American yeah highway. So yeah, that that threatened them at gunpoint and killed a few people. Killed half the cast. Mm. But I mean, th- this film had way too many characters. It did, yeah. That was another thing. I kept spotting new characters and being like, "Who are you?" And I, why do I? Why do I care? Yeah. I don't care. Like, yeah. Who are? Who are these people? <laughs> they they should have killed off most of the truckers in the first ten minutes, but they don't. They just kind of keep them around. Mm. I don't think that the lorries were particularly intelligent. No. Because the whole the film begins with them all being refueled, mm-hmm. and then they keep like breaking away before they've been fully filled up. Mm-hmm. So it's their own fault that they run out of fuel. Yeah. And then also they spend the whole film just circling around this truck stop. <laughs> To no particular end. Mm-hmm. Just waste, just burning through just fuel. Wasting fuel, yeah. Burning through fuel. Yeah. yeah. So not, yeah, not no. the smartest enemies. This is, what, this is why I was really like, what are these trying to achieve? <laughs> like, what, what's the goal here? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, so they, they realise that they just need to, like, wait it out. Mm-hmm. And then they decide, oh, we need to get on, to, let's go to a boat. Mm-hmm. We're going to get to a boat and wait it out. Mm-hmm. And then they race to the coast or the lake, whatever it is. I guess, yeah. And then they got on the boat. Mm. And uh, well, one character who I swear we'd never seen before. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's like it's like the eleventh hour, and we're still seeing new characters. Mm-hmm. Steals a woman's engagement or a woman's ring, mm-hmm. diamond ring from a corpse, and she's like, mm-hmm. like, "Oh, it's the it's the window girl, the car window girl." Yes, car window girl is yeah. hanging out the car window with a giant diamond ring, like the biggest ring, I've the ever most seen. ridiculously big diamond ring you'll ever <laughs> see. And he stops to steal it, and then the goblin face truck sneaks up on him. Mm, yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's quite conspicuous. Yes, it is. And then it kills him. Nobody bats an eyelid. Nobody gives a shit. No. no. <laughs> They're just done um, at this point. Yeah. Emilio Estevez shoots it with a rocket launcher, destroys the goblin truck. Everybody is cheering. Everyone's like, so happy. Somebody, somebody just died. Yeah. Like some one of, one of your group, like you're less than 10 people right now and someone just died. Mm-hmm. They're dead. Yeah. Well, he's obviously a petty thief. He's I, not, he's I not guess, the most yeah. valuable player. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's that. Then they get away to safety. And, and then we get our end credits. About the aliens. Already, about the aliens, yeah. And you've already read out the yeah the, the strange conspiracy theory about how it's aliens and the Russians saved the day or mm-hmm. something. I was I was unclear. But then you missed out that they added at the, the very last credits, the very last uh, bit of text, it says, the survivors are still surviving. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what does that mean? <laughs> the survivors are still surviving. Does that mean they're still around to this day? I... I yeah, I guess. I mean, if nothing else, it inspired a banging Destiny's Child song. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, and so that is Maximum Overdrive. Mm-hmm. What a film. Yeah. <laughs> I think we've really seen the, the peaks and the troughs of Stephen King in this series. and mm-hmm. uh, this, this, this was something. Mm. So I, I can see why this is kind of a camp classic, because mm-hmm. it's clearly just batshit insane. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Bill, where's my dad? Well, Dunn got scrubbed by one of them big boys out there. Tough break, kid. You unbelievable shithead. Is it true? 
Is it true? Yes, yeah, true. Hey, 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 no, 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 hang on, man. Hang on, Nate. Mr. Hendershot? Hang on, buddy. Hold on, Nate. Just a little lesson in manners from the road twitch. Okay, so drinking games? Okay, yeah. Uh, first one I've got is drink anytime anybody refers to woman as anything other than her name. <laughs> okay. So, road twitch. Road twitch was one. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody did call someone sugar babe. Sugar babe, wow. Mm. Okay. Y- Yardley Smith was never referred to by name. And my favourite one was when the salesman, when his car is getting like, crushed by a lorry or something, mm. um, he abandons his sales, goes, son of a bitch, gets up, there's a woman on his way, he goes, move out the way, bitch! And he just runs. <laughs> wow, nice. He does it so quickly, son of a bitch, move out the way, bitch! And he just <laughs> runs. <laughs> uh, I just looked it up, she was called Connie, apparently, so it was Connie, Connie. and Curtis. Okay. Yeah. A marriage made in heaven. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to last. No. Oh, okay, so... On, on a similar vibe, mm. I had drink for creative insults. Mm-hmm. There's some really good dialogue. My favourites, too, were in the exact same scene. So we haven't talked about... Well, you just mentioned him, the Bible salesman mm. guy, who's, like, trying to hit on the road twitch, and then it's calls the, other, the waitress a bitch at that mm-hmm. scene. Uh, when he runs outside and starts screaming abuse at the lorry that's, that's crushed his car, mm. he yells out, You want to rock and roll with me, puss bag? <laughs> To which Emilio Estevez runs out, grabs him, and says, Get out of the way, you happy asshole. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps building. Wow, that is awful writing. There is some amazing insults in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, next one I've got is drink for deaths or finding dead bodies. Mm-hmm. Curtis, is he dead? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, God. She screamed so much. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I had... Drink everyone, someone dies unnecessarily. Oh, yeah. In the sense that, like, from something easily avoidable. Yeah. Like, the amount of times someone stands in front of a slow-moving truck or other mechanical object and just goes kind of, no, mm-hmm. until the thing crushes them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Way too much of that. Wait, yeah. Drink for each new thing that's possessed. Oh, okay, every time you see it. Yeah, because, like, it's not just trucks. It's, like, the bank ATM and stuff mm-hmm. like that and signs. And I noticed there were... Scrap cars that were doing their best, they were just flashing their headlights. Yeah, that's all I've got. <laughs> that was the best they could do. Uh, there was a train crossing as well. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, multiple lorries and like lights, electric knife, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Well, there was at the end the of the plane, film, that, yeah, the plane that, the, the, ne- that the, never the, paid off at all. It was nothing, it was just so they could play that bit of music and then, yeah, it did nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Um, at the end of the film. They come across a like a fast food restaurant intercom mm-hmm. oh, that, yeah. that goes humans nearby, humans nearby. Yeah, but that's it. Those those things they don't have voice boxes. That's people, you know, fast oh, food yeah. intercoms. That's people <laughs> speaking into them. They don't have that mm. technology. They don't speak in real life. Yeah. So I don't know what that meant. Nope, me neither. <laughs> Is it just little gremlins? I don't know. Uh, and also the other one that I enjoyed was the ju- the, the haunted jukebox. Oh yeah. That had like inexplicably had like a painting of the last supper yeah. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And tries to electrocute the guy. <laughs> <laughs> Who at that point should have known better, but yeah, I mean, definitely. These are all stupid, stupid people. Mm-hmm. Oh, and there's also the jukebox game, not the jukebox, the uh, the, the arcade games in yeah. the, in the cellar. Yeah. yeah. That kill uh, young Gus Fring from Breaking Bad. 
What was that him? That was him. Yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. In a, a very rewarding role as yeah. a black guy who steals things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't realise that was him. That was a very young. Uh, yeah. Um, I mean, is it something Esposito? Carlos Esposito or something. Something like that. Yeah. 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 It's it definitely him. Anyway, I looked it up. So. Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the last one I've got is Drink for ACDC music. Yes, I have that too. Yeah. It's uh, the highlight of the film in many ways. Oh yeah. It really lends the film an extra air of comedy for some reason because mm. the whole thing just seemed like a com like the scene with all the montage of death is just played over the top of an ACDC song and it's just kind of like it just makes it funnier. Mm-hmm. It's just this little kid that's like slowly cycling through the suburbs just looking at all these bizarre deaths. (laughs) Okay, I've got a few more. Drink every time someone uses the word bubba. Is that really Gus Fring? It's definitely... I know, yeah. He was a lot younger, he had hair, but it's the same guy. Oh, yeah, I can see it. Mm -hmm. God, he looks weird. Mm -hmm. (laughs) He's hiding stuff under it, like... Not quite under his hat, but just in his hat. It's falling out. Oh, yeah, he sticks, like, (laughs) cigarette... Because the cigarette dispenser malfunctions doesn't it and mm. so there's loads of cigarettes for that so he sticks them like into his pants into his hats everywhere mm-hmm. yeah but then he gets hypnotised by the arcade game yeah yeah it's all very god he looks so happy <laughs> <laughs> great mm-hmm. uh, okay so that's that now I've got some more sorry drink every time Yardley Smith screams oh god yeah yeah mm-hmm. uh, drink every time a character does an emotional 180 mm-hmm. so the best example of this is definitely the waitress when she's just kind of sitting around, just, you know, surviving, and then she just runs outside and screams, We made you! Mm-hmm. I also liked uh, the road twitch girl, sex girl, when she's flirting with Emilio Estevez, and she's just flirty, 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 mm. you know, sexy, sexy, sexy. And then suddenly out of nowhere, she just kind of breaks down in tears and goes, I'm scared! <laughs> it was yep. a real zero to 60, like... She went from super stoic to like, I'm so scared. Yeah. And then she went straight back to being sexy. Like, that was like, <laughs> just for a second, she let, she let her emotions show. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. Drink every time you spot a new background character. And you're like, who's that? Mm-hmm. Who's yep. that guy? Plenty yeah. of them. Yeah. Uh, drink for fiery vehicle explosions. Yes. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. Uh, and, okay. And drink for Stephen King references. Like references to other Stephen King properties. All right. So. I spotted a few. I don't know how many were intentional, though. Just mm-hmm. There was a lot that was like, oh, that's a bit like that thing. Because a lot of them came afterwards. Mm-hmm. Uh, the back of the Green Goblin truck mm-hmm. has a clown painted on it that looks a lot of the clown from It. Yeah, okay. Sure. Also, there's a lot of crawling through sh- sewers, which is yes. obviously very Shawshank. Yeah. And there's a bit where the Bible salesman guy, when he gets hit by the truck mm-hmm. and thrown into the ditch, he gets hit so hard that his shoes come off, which is what happens to the kid, the body in Stand By Me. All right. I just noticed a lot of little things. I was like, is that deliberate? It probably is. I guess, yeah. yeah, I've always been confused by that. How do you get hit so hard that your shoes fall off? Yeah, I don't know. Like... Unless you're wearing very loose-fitting shoes. Yeah, and like, if something was... Like, if you get run over and that thing is on your feet, Mm -hmm. then, yeah, I can understand it. Sure, yeah. But, like, other than that, I don't don't know. No, it's it's a strange... Yeah. Yeah. And it is, a, it, it is a thing now. It's not just in Stephen King films. Mm. Well, everything about the way the Bible salesman died was was puzzling to me. Mm. Because he gets hit by a truck and he gets knocked into a ditch, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like, a few scenes later, we hear him shouting out, I'm still alive, but badly hurt. Mm-hmm. And he's like Will Ferrell in Austin Powers. Like, yeah. Um, and then the the little kid finds him, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. And he grabs onto the little... He looks dead. He looks fully dead. And yeah. he grabs the little kid's leg. And suddenly he's, like, got no voice box anymore. He's yeah. like... 
pull me to safety, all right? He's like Harvey Firestein. He's like, yeah. pull me to safety, all right? I swear to God, I'll kill you. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, what the fuck is this? And then the little yeah. kid's like, how? Yeah. yeah. I love the little kid's deadpan, like, how? How am I supposed to save you? I'm 10. Like, <laughs> smartest character in the movie. Yep. Um, yep. Yeah. And then he dies anyway. Mm-hmm. Whatever, yeah. Mister? Um, okay, I think I think I've done them all. Yeah, I think that's everything I had. So yeah, brilliant. Okay, well before we get to sequels, uh, listeners, if you've enjoyed this episode, then you can support us on Patreon.com/slash/BeyondTheBoxSet. You can support us for as much or as little as you like, whatever you think we're worth. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you get a few bonus features, including a bonus show called Beyond Beyond the Box Set, where we review cinema releases. Um, we're quite soon going to be doing Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which I'm really looking forward to. Are you? I'm excited to see it, yeah. Yeah. I think it'll be good. Yeah. It's two hours 45, though. It is long, but I don't know. I don't mind a film being long if I can feel like it's going to justify the length. Yeah. Yeah. And I feel like Tarantino films, they've got enough identity to them that yeah. it's all right to watch it, but yeah. Yeah. We've seen some things recently that have not justified their length, but mm. I'm going into Tar- Tarantino with... Yeah, we, we, we've it's him probably out. not going to be a Hobson show. Let's be honest. That, I mean, that's immediately what I thought. So yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I, I, I'm here for it. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, if you become a Patreon, then you can have a 30 second advert slot once a month per person. You can advertise anything you want. It could be your own podcast, your own business, just anything you feel like talking about for 30 seconds. And then finally, once a month, we also have a Patreon come on uh, and choose an episode for us for the main show. So you can come on and actually guest on the show if you want to. If you don't want to, then you can. Just give us a film and we'll do it for you. Uh, all that is available at patreon.com slash set. Excellent. Hi, I'm Lee, and I host Connected Hearts, a Kingdom Hearts fan community podcast. Each episode, a guest and I talk about the game series and the fantastic community surrounding it. From artists to streamers, cosplayers and podcasters, we talk about how a dog, a duck, and a boy in silly shorts teaches us that our friends are our power. You can find the show on iTunes or grab the RSS feed from Twitter for the podcatcher of your choice, at Podcast Hearts. And hey, may your heart be your guiding key. Right, now, sequels. Sequels, okay. Uh, do you want to go first, Harry? Yeah, sure. So, mine is uh, set 30 years later. Oh, okay, so in present, the present day. day. Um, humanity hadn't really learned from the events of the last film, okay. and the majority of people deny the events of 1986 as being connected in, in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, anybody who believes the events to be connected are treated as pretty much conspiracy theorists, and a majority of them live in caves or underground bunkers free of electronics. Mm-hmm. As you would, really. Yeah. Because of its usefulness, um, the non-conspiracy theorists are still completely addicted to technology, much as we are now in 2019. Mm-hmm. So technology is pretty much the same. There's cars, lorries, CCTV, Wi-Fi, smartphones, Facebook, everything. Of course, yeah. So then we get the... So sorry, just to reiterate. So yeah. the events of the first film happened, mm-hmm. but now society's... but the minority people deny it as being a connected thing. Okay. They, they, they just think, oh yeah, it was like that one specific thing was a glitch. That was another glitch over there. That was another okay. Glitch. So like, they've learned nothing, but yeah, it's yeah. still a thing that happened. Okay, I understand. But some people have. Okay, um, you know, like the survivors of the little Dixie or whatever it was called. Sure. 
the truck stop. So this is going to be called Maximum Overdrive 2, Attack of the Drones. Oh, I see what you did there. Mm-hmm. Nice, okay. I was going to go AI Strikes Back, but then I remembered Attack of the Drones, and I was like, that's that, it. That were, yeah, you made the right choice. Yeah. Definitely, yeah. So 30 years later, Earth finds again finds itself in the stream of the same comet. Mm-hmm. Because of the increased level of technology and connectedness of technology, things play out a bit differently this time around. Okay. So yes, all vehicles start running their owners over. People get killed by hair dryers and vending machines. So this just happened out of nowhere, like the first film. Pretty much, yeah. Okay. But also, the internet gets taken over. Oh no! Facebook changes significantly. It starts showing to everyone that their friends are all having perfect lives, and using tracking information from Facebook, it digs at people's weakest insecurities just to make everybody feel shit. Isn't that what Facebook genuinely does, though? Pretty much, yeah. Just shows everyone else having a better life than you're having. Yeah. yeah. You know what? Let's say this film's directed by Charlie Brooker. Okay, sure. Yeah, it's a black. <laughs> it's an episode of Black Mirror. Yeah. Black, yeah. Um, the internet is then flooded with adverts for Samaritans. Oh no. But then, when somebody calls the Samaritans helpline, the machines using Google's AI voice give really bad advice and drive people towards suicide. Gosh. In the tens of millions. Google search results are all much the same, um, and services like YouTube, Netflix, and Spotify are all shut down entirely. Spotify. Spotify. Is that Spotify for insects? <laughs> <laughs> They're all shut down entirely, causing people to go a bit crazy. Okay. Meanwhile, in, um, in the rest of the world, all hospitals are, are locked down completely mm-hmm. by technology, sure. and all equipment uh, works to slowly kill as many people as possible. With tools like the air conditioning pushing harmful gases in the air, life support machines just refusing to do anything Not supporting Just go, going, life, on, yeah. going on strike mm. <clears throat> um, electric beds that can sit people up are constantly catapulting people out of windows <laughs> and mobility scooters keep running people over that, 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 that seems fun yeah I'd like to see that scene. <laughs> yeah <laughs> anybody listening to earphones of course which is millions of people worldwide get killed when their music goes too loud Ooh. People wearing smart watches will get heart attacks when their watches start electrocuting them. Oh god, you'd be doomed. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Essentially, anybody who's using any kind of electric device dies, and the only survivors in the world are people in places devoid of technology. Oh, like the Amish. Mm. Okay. And so the machines mount an attack on the less tech-friendly areas, mm. led by a very large fleet of drones. Okay. An almighty battle takes place... When you say drones, do you mean like the little helicopter things? Yeah, like... Okay. Yeah. An almighty battle takes place between drones. Well, I mean, it could be drones, remote control cars, natural sure, cars, okay. everything. You know? okay. So this almighty battle takes place between the drones and the people using makeshift weapons to block drones' propellers from slitting their throats. Okay. A lot are lost on both sides. Oh, dear. Um, now, remember all conspiracy theorists who thought the events in 1986 were led by aliens? Yeah. Well, they've all dug themselves underground where the machines can't attack them. Smart. They've gone deep underground. Mm-hmm. Um, they plan on living is down... Is this one going to be soundtracked by Javier Quire instead of Tracy DC? Could do, yes. Because they have that song Deeper Underground. Yeah. Yes, that would that would work very well. Yeah. They plan on living down there until the comet has gone mm-hmm. and then resurfacing when all the machines have stopped being crazy. Mm-hmm. But unfortunately, before that happens, um, the machines give a massive boost to global warming, causing the events of the day after tomorrow. Oh, great, okay. Blocking the people underground where they have to live as mole people for generations until the ice melts. <laughs> the end. Oh, okay. Wow. Bleak. Well, yeah, I I, I like doing a bleak one. They all die. So the machines win. Machines win. Okay, that's very Black Mirror. Yeah, Yeah, well, I feel like that's probably what would happen here. Yeah, true. Also, the film, the original film, didn't discuss at all, like, machines getting control of, like, nuclear weapons or anything. No, it did not. Yeah, it felt very small scale. Even though, like, they have now because of the text at the end, laser cannons and nuclear weapons are a thing yeah. in that world. So why mm. the machines 
didn't get control of them. I don't know. Well, maybe they did, but we didn't see it. We only saw this tiny little truck stop. Maybe in a, on a grand that, yeah, scale. Yeah, that, was, that wasn't worth nuking. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, no, okay. Interesting. So, yes, that's that's that. Have you got a title for that? Yeah, Attack of the Drones. Attack. Oh, sorry, Attack of the Drones, of course. Yeah, no, I can see that very much. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that might actually be how humanity genuinely comes to an end. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, yeah. <laughs> it's probably up in the top five most likely ways in which humanity will wipe itself out. Well, I mean, it's been done in so, so many films well, where AI indeed. takes over. Indeed, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay, cool. it's, it's Terminator, basically. Yeah, pretty much. Mm. Okay, uh, I had a not dissimilar pitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my one was based on uh, a film that we saw recently called Hobson Shaw. Oh, God. Which I was <laughs> not entirely fond of, but... Uh-huh. Watching this film, it made me realise, like, this would definitely be a good Fast and Furious film. Yeah. Because like, it's basically, it's, it's cars. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's you know, it's evil cars. Oh, of course. It's, it's, the, it's it Pixar's cars. But, well, that was that. I also considered that briefly, but yeah. then I kind of decided not to go down that route, but yeah. I nearly turned mine into a prequel to The Matrix. Okay. Hence, people digging underground. Uh-huh. Okay. I see. Yeah. Yeah. That could work. Uh, but yeah, I just thought, okay, well, here's a film that I did not like very much, Hobson Shaw. Mm. Maybe I could make the sequel, because there's going to be a sequel to Hobson Shaw, inevitably. Mm. Can't say I'm that excited to see it, but <laughs> it's clearly going to happen. So yeah. maybe this could be a way to make it more entertaining. Mm-hmm. So the title is Fast and Furious Presents Hobson Shaw 2 Maximum Overdrive. Great. We're all off the talk. Yeah, no, no, it all works. So after the events of the previous Hobson Shaw film, mm. um, for those who haven't seen it, it doesn't matter because the plot is completely is completely immaterial. <laughs> you can probably imagine it. Yeah, the plot is entirely immaterial. But after the events of that film, The Rock... Was he Hobbs or Shaw? I think he was Hobbs. I think he was Hobbs, yeah. He's wanted for huge amounts of criminal damage. He's a mm-hmm. wanted criminal. Um, so he's retired from the bounty hunting game. Mm-hmm. And he's now taken a low-profile job pumping gas in a Midwestern truck stop. Mm-hmm. So he's basically an extremely buff version of Emilio Estevez. Mm-hmm. He's just taking a low-profile job where he can just polish chrome all day long. Yeah. He likes his cars. You know, yeah, yeah, sure. They all do in these films. <laughs> uh, his boss is, of course, a corrupt, cigar-chomping cartoon villain mm-hmm. who soon realises who Hobbs is because he's obviously been all over the news and stuff mm-hmm. and blackmails him into working long hours at low pay at the risk of exposure. Mm-hmm. So for that guy, I'm thinking, casting-wise, I was thinking Gary Oldman? yeah. Because we've seen that he, he likes an accent, mm. and also from his Oscar-winning turn in the Churchill movie, mm. he can also rock a fat suit. Yeah. So, so I think if you're going to have a similar character to the villain in this film, mm-hmm. Gary Oldman in a fat suit with a crazy accent, I'm on board. Sound, sounds yeah. good, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so then his co-worker is going to be a an emotionally unstable waitress with terrible fashion sense. <laughs> and I was thinking for casting, this, this sequel pitch is basically a recasting extravaganza. Mm. I was thinking to re- recast the waitress. Mm-hmm. My suggestion would be Tiffany Haddish. Oh, very good. I think she could really sell that. We yeah. made you. Yeah. yeah, she could really. Yeah, she go could have it up. She could pop it off. Yeah. Mm. Um, pop it off. She could really pop off. Yeah. All right. So you, I, you said pop it. off. I didn't mean pop it off. But she could pop off because she she go, she'd go to eleven. Pop it off sounds like a real British thing. <laughs> yeah, it's not what I meant. Um, oh, pop it off, darling. Pop it off, darling. <laughs> Yes, that's well. There's an insight into my sex life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, obviously this film being a Hobson Shaw sequel, it's set mm-hmm. in the 21st century, much like much like yours. It's mm-hmm. set in the 21st century, not in 1986. Mm-hmm. So things are going to play out a little bit differently. Instead of a knife slicing off the waitress's arm, like it does in the original film, or half slicing off her arm, mm-hmm. in this version, while she's unsuspectingly cooking up some disgusting meal in this, in this diner, mm-hmm. her iPhone 
is going to tweet out all of her nudes. Oh, very good. And also match her with everybody on Tinder. Mm-hmm. So she's going to have a very similar meltdown to the one the waitress has. Oh, great. Yeah, I want to put that in my one as well. Just do that, just to help bring people down, bring people's spirits down. Bring, just tweet out all the nudes. Drive them to suicide, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Didn't think to incorporate Tinder. Mm-hmm. So she has a complete meltdown, much like the waitress in the original film. Mm-hmm. And the only way that The Rock can calm her down is to just stamp repeatedly on her phone until it's dead. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, that always solves it. Yeah? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we cut to Jason Statham, who's not in the not in this diner. Mm. He's actually just got married to a much younger woman. Mm-hmm. And they're driving to their honeymoon somewhere. So who do you think we could... Who could we recast as annoying, shrill, Yardley Smith stand-in for this? Um, oh, our... Forgotten her name, but I know who she is. Okay. Um, Kate McKinnon. I mean, I guess, but I like Kate McKinnon. Okay, so what sort of character are you looking for? Someone you don't like, then? Well, Yardley. I mean, I like Yardley Smith as Lisa Simpson. Who doesn't? But mm. she was fucking annoying in this mm-hmm. film. I'm trying to think of someone who can be like that irritating. Okay. Where you're just like, oh okay. god, just die. Yeah. I think Kate McKinnon. You're always going to be like, give me more. I mm. like you. But it also needs to be high energy. Yeah. Oh, see, that's difficult. The only one I had in mind, and I do like this character, mm. but I could see how it could be annoying, would be the actress who plays Morello in Orange is the New Black. Oh, yeah. Because she's quite yeah. annoying. Yeah. But also, obviously, a good character. Yeah. But nevertheless, quite She's annoying. a good character in that because she's written well. Like, she could definitely yeah. play annoying really yeah. easily. Very much so. Yeah. So she could work. Yeah. Yeah. Just, yeah. So in the absence of anyone better, mm-hmm. we'll go with Morello from Yale Stone, the actress who plays Morello. Does she need to be about that age or can she be a lot, a lot older? I mean, who's, how old's Jason? Is Jason Statham going to marry an older woman? Oh, oh I forgot who's marrying him. Okay, yeah. move on. Okay, well, who are you going to suggest? Um, oh, I've forgotten her name, but what's her face from The Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt, the landlady? Ka- Carol Kane? Yeah. <laughs> oh my God, I would love if Jason Statham married Carol Kane. You know what? Yeah, fuck it. He fell in love with an older woman, you know, love is blind. He married Carol Kane. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is perfect. Great, Okay. <laughs> Or Joan Cusack. I think Carol Kane's better. I, th- I think that she really suits this, yeah, okay. this world. He's, yeah, he's married Carol Kane, and they're driving to their honeymoon. Uh, and they're driving down this highway, mm-hmm. when suddenly their sat-nav stops directing them and starts just hurling a piece at them, much like that ATM machine. Mm-hmm. So it just starts saying, you bored cunt, or something. Mm-hmm. Like, you know. And I'm thinking the sat-nav will have the voice of John Cleese. Mm-hmm. Oh, great. Yeah. All sat-navs have celebrities. It's a celebrity voice sat-nav. Yeah. And that's, I think that's a good one. Yeah. So in the confusion, a lot of swearing then, a lot of a lot of hardcore swearing. I want John Cleese to just be hurling abuse, like all the abuse that the Rock hurls at Jason Statham in Hobson Shaw. Mm-hmm. But if it was funny, mm-hmm. yeah, basically, yeah. is what I'm thinking. Uh, so that happens. Mm-hmm. So in the confusion, they are also attacked by a convoy of self-driving trucks and almost driven off the road, forcing them to take refuge in a roadside truck stop, mm. where of course Jason Statham is horrified to run into his old nemesis, the Rock. Mm-hmm. Cue a long, painful sequence of them trading unfunny insults, only to be interrupted by another truck attack. Mm-hmm. Now, The Rock also has to, rec- has to rescue his daughter, from the daughter of the Hobbs and Shaw film, we'll just keep her, yeah. uh, who's, been, uh, who's been at baseball practice. She's going to be our version of the, the boy, the, the blonde boy in this film. So she's at baseball practice somewhere. Mm-hmm. We're going to cut to her story in which her teacher gets killed by... question mark? So I'm thinking like modern technology. So obviously in the original, 
the, t- the coach gets killed by a vending machine that hurls a cannon to his crotch and then his face. Mm-hmm. What's a modern tech version of something that could kill someone on like a baseball pitch or like in public? A mm. Segway. A Segway. Yeah. <laughs> so a Segway what just just rolls over him? Yeah. Just crushes him? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So the baseball coach gets killed by a Segway mm-hmm. that then tr- takes out the fellow students, mm-hmm. and she runs back home to daddy basically. Mm-hmm. So that's she, on the way. She sees a montage of all the other ways in which modern technology is killing people. Mm-hmm. So thinking like a Mac might, might have like shut itself on someone's face. Great, right, yeah. yeah, yeah. Smashed someone's face. Like a dishwasher just like drags someone in and you know, drowns them. You know? <laughs> yep, certainly. Mm-hmm. Um, smart TV just falls over, crushes someone's face, you know. Yeah, it gets too smart. Yeah. <laughs> a Pokemon Go app wakes up on people's phones and tells them there's a super rare Pokemon just over this cliff. And oh, yes, I like that. Yeah. I like that one, yeah. Yeah, very good. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, smartphone batteries just randomly explode. Yeah. Ooh. They, 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 they fake phone calls, so people yeah. put it to their head. Yeah. Ooh, a Fitbit. All the Fitbits tell people that they've, they've got, like, so many more steps to go to meet their daily goal, but they keep upping it until people just walk themselves to death. Yeah. 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 <laughs> okay. It just, like, pressures people to death. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah so she's going to have, our, like, our montage of modern technology deaths, basically. Mm-hmm. Anyway. So she gets back and the gang are, are all just trapped in the... Um, we end up with like The Rock, Jason Statham, his daughter, The Rock's daughter, sorry, and a bunch of annoying stock characters, including Gary Oldman and Tiffany Haddish, just kind of stranded in this truck stop, mm-hmm. where, of course, they decide to fight back. Because, obviously, Gary Oldman and The Rock have a secret arsenal of insane bazookas and laser weapons and explosives just hidden in the basement. Just mm-hmm. Because. Why wouldn't they? Mm-hmm. We have to absolutely have a scene of Gary Oldman in a fat suit with a cigar just firing a bazooka at <laughs> random trucks. Yeah. No, I like that. Yeah. Until he accidentally hits a fuel pipe and blows himself up. Great. Which I had a, in the original film. I was like, you're in a petrol station. You're firing explosives in a petrol station. You're going to blow yourself up. I was surprised that never became a They seem to get away with it, yeah. Yeah, that never became a factor. So I would like this film to answer that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany Haddish is going to have the same, like, we made you meltdown and mm-hmm. she will also get shot down over and over or something. Mm-hmm. Just to thin out the herd a little bit. Anyway, so the surviving characters are going to figure out that the machines must be communicating via Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. So they blow up their router and the machines are temporarily halted. Mm-hmm. But only for a few minutes before they switch immediately to 4G data and then they start working just as good as new. <laughs> Great. But The Rock has a backup plan. So his, his idea is, he's like, just leave it with me and he goes outside and he basically chases all the machines around in circles and mm-hmm. taunts them, makes them chase after him and, you know, gets into gunfights and whatever mm-hmm. until their data allowance runs out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah. So then it seems like the humans have won. Mm-hmm. But the machines... Whip out some laser cannons from nowhere. Mm-hmm. You know, just like the first film had a machine gun out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Somehow now they've got guns and cannons and stuff. And using the John Cleese sat-nav voice, he demands that they force the crew to order them some bolt-ons mm-hmm. so that their energy level, so that their data levels can go back <laughs> up again. Great. Yeah. So then that caused... That we have a whole thing with everyone trying to like use, use all whatever, whatever remaining money they've got to just give bolt-ons to all of the machines. It's mm-hmm. like... Sorry, guys, we've run out of money. We're now bankrupt. We've spent like $1,000, $10,000 on bolt-ons. We mm-hmm. can't give you any more money. Mm-hmm. So much like the original film, they inexplicably waste all of their resources basically powering up their enemies. Mm-hmm. And only at that point do they realise that the satellite that controls all of the 4G is on an island off the lake or whatever, mm-hmm. wherever they might be. Yeah. The, the film didn't exactly specify No, this. it didn't, did it? 
So then The Rock and Jason Statham and whoever else is left, I guess the daughter, they crawl through the sewage and they commandeer a boat. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a really like sexed up, souped up boat, like a yacht, a yacht or something. Mm-hmm. They blow up the router mm-hmm. and wipe out all of the internet for miles and miles around. The machines are defeated mm-hmm. and they just have to wait it out for a few days. But then eventually they all decide that uh, life without technology is meaningless and they all just drown themselves because what is life What is life without the internet? So, And the film ends with a sad credit of all the characters being dead. And then there's no more Hobson Shaw movies. What a shame. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, that, that, that would be a shame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow, you did not like that movie. <laughs> not a fan. Yeah. <laughs> well, great. For okay. more of my thoughts on the Hobson Shaw movie, sign up to our Patreon for $2 a month or more for our full review, which we'll, we'll review shortly. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, well, yeah, very good, John. Very good. I slightly ran out of steam on that one, but I was like, fuck it. Yeah. I do think it would work as a Fast and Furious remake in some capacity. Yeah, no, I think it would too. Mm -hmm. Okay, should we list the submissions? Sure, hit me. Cool, so I've got a few here. A few of them are a tad similar. Uh, First one, Gabe Thomas says, maximum over five is all I've got. Over five? Yeah, so I guess that would be the the title for the fifth movie. Okay. Um, Or all the characters just... Young children, but over the age of five. Maybe yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's 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 an over five baseball. League. Okay, sure. That's, that's the group of characters. See, maximum under fives. Just have it be all all children. Yeah, that could be fun. Uh, Daniel Tickner has posted a gif of uh, the Green Goblin oh, from yeah. Spider Man, saying, "You're an amazing creature, Spider Man. You and I are not so different." Which I guess it's a Green Goblin on the front of the lorry. It is. Yeah. Oh, that was what I meant to ask you. Mm. Do you know what? connects this film to Iron Man 2 um no they both have ACDC soundtracks is, is it Iron Man 2 or is Iron Man 1 uh, Iron Man 1 sorry Iron Man 1 okay I knew it was oh, you threw me off there John I would, I would have got that I'm sure you would have I'm sorry I'm sorry yes <laughs> yes they both have they are both the only films that have ACDC soundtracks yeah. so there you go yeah. thanks that was nearly a good segment sorry oh well that could have been great <laughs> if I would not got the wrong film uh, Jason Gray says the trucks realise they need human mobility so start trying to create truck slash human hybrids I'd call it fuel injection fuel injection nice it kind of works mm-hmm. and then someone's replied to that Clayton Andrews has replied saying the last scene is a flash forward to a world where these hybrids have evolved now rule the world the whole thing is a prequel to cars very good so, yeah. yep that works mm-hmm. definitely um, and then he's also done his own thing said crossover with Christine uh, brackets and all the other living vehicle stories by King. Yeah. Yes, Christine is a film about a uh, car that comes to life. Yes. Brilliant. Uh, Ryan S. Bailey says, True story, we watched this movie in my driver's ed class in 1996. <laughs> the- Why? Then we watched Speed. What? To what purpose? I think there was at least one more, but I can't, remi- I can't remember it. That's amazing. <laughs> Imagine watching this in a driver's ed class. <laughs> What's it supposed to teach you? If your, mach- if your car comes to life... I don't know. What's speed supposed to teach you either? Yeah, I guess just like never slow down or your car may explode. Seems like the opposite was. Um, Leslie Bellin says, minimum underdrive. Uh, The plot, the year is 287 BC. Uh, The Mesopotamia people do not invent the pulley system. Flash forward to today, guns float and shoot. I don't know. Yeah, okay. That that was the start of something. Something. Um, Steve Creighton says, this and The Lion King were my favourite two movies when I was a little kid. Aww. Actually, you know what? Yeah. That's so, weird. So, <laughs> this so, and The Lion King. So I then replied, how little? This film doesn't seem child-friendly. And he said, six or seven. Yeah, that is 
irresponsible parenting. <laughs> yeah. What, what, what an interesting two films to like, inform your entire adult life. Mm. The Lion King and this. Uh, and then Josh Goodman has posted an image of uh, Willem Dafoe as the Green Goblin saying, you know, I'm something of a truck myself. <laughs> and then final one here, Christopher John has said, I love that movie so much as a kid and mainly because the Green Goblin is my favourite Marvel villain. I mean, is that a reason to like this? I story? don't know, but three people have done it. Okay, that, so that connection obviously means a lot to people. Yeah, well, particularly in this specific Facebook group. Sure. Yeah. So, on to you. Okay, yeah, I have some as well. Luke Yont said, Minimum Under Park. Yes, nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Stuart Jip said, maximum, maximum Overdrive, Keep on Trucking. Kevin Hendricks said, Maximum Overbite. <laughs> lots of people with a bad tooth issues, I guess. Uh, Vincent DePaul said, The vehicles killed all the people. They ran out of gas. This is an 85-minute montage of stalled-out cars and trucks, followed by credits. <laughs> Sounds fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like this. Ryan Klima said, Maximum Owen, Clive. Ooh, nice. It's just a Clive Owen movie, I guess. <laughs> Maybe it's Clive Owen's face on the front of all the trucks. Yes, the I like that, Goblin, yeah. 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 Uh, Niels Bliss has a, an actual pitch. He said, Maximum Overdrive 2, Absolute Zero. After the comet passes by, the machines stop thinking for themselves, but something even worse happens. They stop working, period. It's now impossible to create any kind of electronic circuit or combustion of any kind. Mm. Humanity makes its painful way to areas around the equator, the only place where human life is now viable, since our oldest and most important invention, fire, is no more. Shorn of all technology, save the sharpened stick and the stone axe, how will seven billion refugees manage not to kill each other to survive? <laughs> Wow, that sounds genuinely interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Zane Elvis de Corsi said, Maximum carnage. Carnage. <laughs> Get it? Yeah. Great. Wah, wah, wah. Mike Carey said, Maximum Clover Drive. It's a Cloverfield crossover. Nice. Walt Williams just said, Transformers. Which, mm-hmm. yeah. Sure. Pretty much. Yeah, definitely. Blake M. Petit said, Go meta. Stephen King is now sober and aging and admits he made mistakes with the first film. He attempts to reunite the cast to do a remake but the Green Goblin truck has retired from show business and won't be convinced to leave his job at Edward Jones Investments to take one last chance at the brass ring. Mm. So, okay, that's, I guess that's Stephen King and the cast of the film trying to make the truck go back into showbiz. Mm-hmm. So, good work, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, over to Twitter, False Starts Podcast, at False Starts Pod, said, Evil leaf blowers, they all meet up to form one big blowing machine. <laughs> Sniff. And the blow machine heads for Maine. <laughs> Blowing all the metalwork leaves from the local decorations store. Sharp edges. Cut people. Hurricane. Doctor Doom. And that's the end. <laughs> wow, great. I'm guessing what they're saying is Stephen King is a giant cokehead. Mm-hmm. Which he, at that time, he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and finally, at Aussie Nerds Pod said, It's part of the Spider-Man movie. Green Goblin was using tech to control the trucks. Yeah, sure, that works. Cool, okay. So yeah, those were our listener submissions for... Maximum Overdrive. Mm-hmm. If you have any sequel ideas for Maximum Overdrive or any films we've done in the past, please let us know. We are Beyond the Box Set. You can find us at beyondtheboxset.com. Our podcast is available at all good podcasting platforms, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, YouTube, Google Play. You name it, we're on it. If we're not on it, let us know and we will get on it. You can also find us on social media, on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Just search Beyond the Box Set or at Beyond the Box Set on Twitter. And our Patreon is patreon.com forward slash Beyond the Box Set. And we have exclusive merchandise available at tpublic.com. Again, just search Beyond the Box Set. Okay. And Harry, this concludes our Stephen King series. Mm-hmm. How do you think it's gone? 
I think it's been a pretty good series. I've enjoyed all four of these films yeah. on, on different levels. Yeah, yeah. They've all been interesting. And, and I'm glad that we did this one, because this is kind of what I thought Stephen King series was going to be on the whole. It was just More craziness. Just, yeah, crazy, crazy, crazy stuff, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and this one really has just... It's given it's filled that satisfaction for the amount of craziness I was looking for in the whole Great. series. I think this is something we'll probably revisit as well. There's, there's much Stephen King we've not yet switched, mm, so maybe yeah. we'll come back to this. But, uh, yeah. So next week... Uh, because we do have a Tarantino film coming out in the cinema, mm-hmm. uh, the Hollywood thing, what's it called again? Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, yes. Mm-hmm. Sorry, my memory's never been good since the day I was born. No. I don't, but, <laughs> do you have any memory of that day? No. no. Well, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so in celebration of that, I thought we could, we could do a Tarantino film, which oh. we've done one before. From one great director to another. Stephen well, King yes. to yeah. Tarantino. Yeah. Sh- Sure, sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, so I thought next week we could do Drango Unchained. Oh, okay. I thought it was one of his more recent and highly accessible films. Mm-hmm. It's not too weird and Tarantino-like, but also is... Uh, I don't mind kinda. weird and Tarantino-like. But also, I've not seen Django Unchained, so I'm happy to watch it. Yeah. Okay, that should be interesting. It's what I've been meaning to watch for a while, so... Yeah, it's, no, it's a really good one. It's fantastic. It's got your boy Leo in it, hasn't it? Yes. Cool. I will look forward to watching it. Great. Mm. So, yeah, we say goodbye to Stephen King for now and uh, join us next week for Django Unchained. Yeah, see you next week. See you next week. Bye. Bye.